Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And you know what? Uh, Oilers now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We'll tell you that you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line, not your small-town dealership, with a new huge state-of-the-art facility out in Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Tell them Oilers now sent you. Uh, you can also... Reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, which is where we're going to go momentarily. Where uh, We'll also uh, mention to you that guests on the show receive your certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations, Japanese Village. All right. To the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And David Staples joins us from the Cult of Hockey. I haven't heard from David for a while, but we appreciate him taking time uh, to join us here on Oilers Now. We're going to talk about two topics, David, that we've talked uh, a lot about over the course of the last four months. Yes, a poll and uh, Milan Lucic. But first of all, how are you doing and how's the Cult of Hockey doing? I'm doing great, Bob, and the Cult of Hockey is rock, and we are the single most popular kind of online news source about Oilers news. It's kind of remarkable. Just three fans, three hardcore fans. Uh, of course, I'm lucky to have, you know, someone as wise about hockey as Kurt Levins and sharp-eyed Bruce McCurdy at, at my side here. I couldn't have two better wingmen, so... They're carrying the line, I think. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, like you're obviously a, a prominent uh, post media. Uh, right? Are, are you strictly journal, or are you? How, how's... I, I, they just run us in the journal, but all like they'll pick us up in the Herald and the okay. Citizen. All right, so you're 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 a prominent. Not for the Sun papers. Yeah, you're a featured writer, obviously. So you're sort of a. a what's interesting about Bruce is Bruce is what an astron astronomer. Bruce is an astronomer. And Kurt, of course, runs radio stations. He does a lot of the, yeah. you know, 
program directing for uh, Jim Patterson's radio group. Yeah, he's the vice president of uh, programming and talent for that group. So he's, he's kinda, a big wig. Yeah. He's a big wig. Uh, <laughs> and he has given you a different dimension, may I add, over the from my perspective, oh, over the last, what, he's been ready for what, three years with you now? And the thing about Kurt is, yeah, three years, but since Jonathan Willis left the cult and, and went on to bigger and better things, uh, we, you know, and Jonathan's fantastic as well, but we were lucky to find Kurt. I mean, he's, he played hockey at a really high level. We just I was just meeting with him yesterday. He played 200 games a year as a teenager, playing all these different teams in Saskatchewan. And through that, um, it turns out he just developed a ton of former like friends who became kind of NHL contacts. And Kurt has this huge web of people that he knows in the NHL. And especially in the last six months, he's just been breaking story after story through this web of contacts and um, just doing kind of box box office, uh, boffle box office for his Sunday nine things uh, feature, like because he's he's breaking news consistently. Yeah, uh, we'll mention his brother played in the National Hockey League as well. Um, was... He had all these brothers and relatives. I couldn't keep track, Bob. There were so many of them yeah. that had this and that connection to the NHL. Well, two of the storylines that we've talked about the most over the last four months. I got to tell you, I'm really glad that we're now into rookie camp because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, it it and and I want the listeners to know this. The perfect world for Bob Stoffer as host of Oilers now is that the Oilers get to the Stanley Cup final and play as long as they can in the regular season, and then we're right into the draft and right into free agency, right? The worst-case scenario is what we've had the last two years where the teams finished with 78 and 79 points. Part of the reason why the team struggled, David, to the degree that it did, is it didn't get the productivity that they were hoping to get out of Milan Lucic at six million bucks, and because yes, a Pulyarvi, who was a highly thought of pick at number four overall, uh, simply did not gain traction with the Oilers at the NHL level. I'd like to talk about Pulyarvi first because we have seen a reversal in public perception with Paul Yarvey over the course of the last, I think, over the last three months. That's my own personal impression. And again, David, I'm always the guy 75-25. 75% of a player's success is dependent upon the player, and 25% is on the team. I will say, in the case of Paul Yarvey, I have empathy with the people that think the organization should have handled him better. But I, I, I know you put a tweet out the other day, you're seeing what I'm seeing here, a changing sort of of the guard of how fans feel about Paul Yarby and his either culpability or complicity in his own failure. Is that a fair assessment? Well, Bob, what I was seeing was the reason I decided to do the poll is I was seeing such hostility towards Paul Yarby on Twitter and other places, just a lot of real anger, angry comments, people, just such bitterness. So I thought, okay, we did a poll in June when this all started out, when it became clear that he wanted out of town. And at that point, 71% of Oiler fans said they'd welcome him back. 71% at that point, he had made it clear he wanted a trade and through his agent, and 71% still said they would rather welcome him back than see him traded. So I thought, let's do a poll now. And actually what surprised me, given how negative it's been on Twitter with Pugliarvi, is the majority of fans still wanted to welcome him back. I think it was 53% as opposed to him traded. So there's lots of lots of loud voices, and, and a, almost half the fan base has turned against the guy. And, and that's significantly more fans than, uh, than two months ago. But there's still a lot of fans, surprisingly, and I'm one of them, who would welcome the guy back. Because I see 
I see essentially a maturity, some maturity issues with the player, and um, that he can still be a fine hockey player at the NHL level. Well, so, so why not welcome him back if you if that, if that, if he has a change of heart, a change of attitude, a change he's of agents, to come back, a change of agents. <laughs> hey, Marcus Lato is one of the top agents of the NHL. He's like the most. If you look at the list of guys with the most clients, he's the top European agent, I believe. So. Uh, I, maybe that's not a, a measure of how skilled you are as an agent, but it's it's a measure of yeah. business success, which says something. Oh yeah, no, he's a good agent. I'm half joking there. Like, here's the deal. Yeah. I mean, Pulyarvi has scored again today, and somebody out of Finland's like, "Oiler oh, fans won't like this." I'm like, "Are you kidding?" I can tell you right it. now, people in the Oilers organization want Jesse to, to go back to Finland and kick the crap out of it. They want him to crush it. They want him to regain some confidence and get his game going. They're not cheering against the uh, the last thing they want to see is Pulleyarvi go back to Finland and fail, because if he's successful, maybe it spurs interest to uh, a potential return, even theoretically to Edmonton, which seems unlikely at this stage. I'd say ten percent that maybe he'd come back to the organization. But if he's successful and he's not going to come back to Edmonton, it drives greater valuation in what Edmonton might potentially be able to get if they end up trading him. Bob, it was a godsend for the Oilers that this happened in a way. Because look, let's face it, everyone was saying this guy needs more AHL time. But the Oilers had run out of options to send him to the AHL. If they, they would have had to put him on waivers. And, they would he, would have, and he would have been claimed and they would have lost him. He would have been claimed. So they needed, but nonetheless, this player needed to get his game developed. He needed to get healthy. There was clearly something wrong with his health um, last year. He was falling down all the time. I don't think I've seen a player fall down so much. And he needs to get his confidence back. He needs to become more mature. Maybe he needs a new agent. All of this can happen. Now he has this year, maybe two years in Finland. There's no rush with the Oilers here. So this was the best thing that can happen. They get, they have him develop out of the spotlight, become a better, more mature player, and maybe so it's either going to increase his value in trade or he can come back to the team and make an impact here. All right, that's yes, that's yes, Apolliarvi. We're joined by David Staples from the very popular Cult of Hockey blog. Uh, we'll switch focus. We're going to talk now about Milan Lucic, and uh, we'll cut to the chase here with Luch. He did not deliver on the requisite price point of which his salary suggested that he should. He had a good first year with Edmonton, and then it went downhill from there. I don't know about you, David, but for me, I was comfortable in saying I, I thought he could bounce back last year. I mean, he had a bad half season in his second year. Um, frankly, I'm surprised he didn't gain greater traction. Uh, what's the old saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So uh, Ken Holland brokered a deal to Moomalan. By the way, in your opinion, did that score some points with maybe some of the people out there that second-guessed hiring Holland here in Edmonton? When he was able oh, to let the move, Bob, come on. Let's you know you well. You know as well as I do. Uh, up until that point, fans were questioning Hall, and including me. I'm thinking like, okay, he's kind of done okay this summer. He hasn't broken the bank, but then he didn't. There was no salary cap space for him to waste, so he couldn't do that anyway. But there, there was a real lack of excitement. People were absolutely thrilled, and there's been a, a huge difference in difference in the feeling of the fan base since that trade was made. A lot of people around the NHL were completely skeptical that such a trade could be made. But I, I predicted in, in uh, May that they could do that, that they would be able to trade Lucic without swallowing the biggest poison pill. And that's because other teams were going to value his toughness. Uh, you have a team that was getting, other teams were running their show, running them out of the playoffs, uh, beating up on their star players like Calgary. They were going to value Milan Lucic more than the Oilers did because the Oilers have a lot of tough guys, Cassie and Nursweet, Kara, we didn't need Lucic. So it looked to me 
like a trade could be made. And when that actually did happen, uh, fans were overjoyed here. Uh, And there's such a sense of, I think, possibility with the team now that he's gone because he was emblematic of what had gone wrong with the Oilers' misjudgment in terms of going with uh, physicality and size over skill. And for for them to turn the page, for the organization to turn the page, they had to move him. So Ken Holland did that. That was an A trade, A A plus trade by Ken Holland. Good for him. Yeah, um, you know James Neal. What do you think he's capable of, David? So I read all the stories. You know, I, mean, I didn't see watch James Neal closely. I read all the stories from the Calgary media. Every story in the Herald and the Sun and trying to get a sense of it. And, and Bob, it was depressing to read those stories because remember how we all felt about Patrick O'Sullivan in his last year here? That's the distinct impression that I got from reading all those stories as they were describing a Patrick, Patrick O'Sullivan-like performance from James Neal his last year in Calgary. Well, his only, year, said, his only year in Calgary. His only year. So that's correct. And his only really bad year. He's had, what was it, eight, ten really good years in a row. So, I, there's listen, I think it's a coin flip as to whether he can bounce back and be a 20-goal in the range of 20 goals again this year. It's a coin flip for him. Whereas for Lucic, I mean, you'd have to get heads about 10 times in a row for him to be to, to live up to, I, even come close to living up to his contract. All right, I'm going to throw something at you here. I mean, he's skating with McDavid, training with McDavid. Do you think the trade happens without some input from Connor McDavid? Well, it's clear they've known each other for a long, long time. Yeah, and McDavid is looking for line mates that he can play with and has some chemistry with. And and Neil, we all know Neil's a shooter, so and somebody who can go hard to the net and has the hands maybe to when he gets to the net to actually put the puck in the net. So, yeah, uh, I'm not an insider. I'm, I'm, I'm I write as a fan and I don't have connections, but so I can't tell you about that kind of thing. But it looks like. Um, McDavid had a had a say here, and is it is and is happy to have this player, and he's going to do whatever he can to make him thrive on the Oilers. Everybody's got him slotted over on the left side, potentially. He'll be on the right. I'm I think he's going to end up on the right, and there's a lot of fluidity with potentially with the right wing. As for Milan Lucic, you know, and even there was some more stuff last night, and some guys tweeting some stuff out about, well, this is what he yeah. meant with what he said. And I think if you look at the entire context of the interview that ran on the Calgary Flames website, to me, I sort of interpreted it the same way Ryan Rashog did from TSN, which was that, you know, he's speaking to the fact that they got an older veteran captain, and maybe Milan, well, Milan's going to be able to fly under the radar screen, uh, you know, in, as much as you can when you're Milan Lucic in Calgary, easier than he could in Edmonton. Like in Edmonton, there was an expectation that he'd be a contributor to the top six and be a leader. He couldn't do that as a player, which made it impossible for him to lead. Conversely, in Calgary, he can be a support guy, which is maybe all, and maybe that's the misread on Pete Shirelli's part, is Pete Shirelli... You know, it's it's the same as Ferentz before with Craig McTavish. You know, like Ferentz and Ferentz came in. If the Oilers had gotten Ferentz at 28, 29, 30, maybe it had been a different story, but they got him at 34, and the real leaders in Boston were Zidane Char and Patrice Bergeron. So the support leaders, uh, maybe they got some credit for being on a team that had this tremendous leadership core, but you still got to be able to play at a level. You got to basically be a top six forward or a top four D man to be a leader, David. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, well, and I don't think I don't think Lucic can. I don't think he can really help a team. And like honestly, like we, 
we track scoring chances, just like in the same way that Dave Tippett does, the Oilers coach. Yeah. You know, that's the key to analytics, and Tippett's getting it right. And when you track scoring chances, Lucic was a weak defensive player last year. He was the worst defensive winger on the Oilers last year. So, like, good luck to him. And as for you know, as for his comments in, in Calgary now, when did Milan Lucic ever not say they try to say the right thing in an interview? He's just trying to fit in there in Calgary. Yeah. He's just trying to say there's a veteran captain here. I'm excited about it, and I think it's a real look good on Oilers fans. It doesn't look good on us. If, if you're one of the people really bragging on him and attacking him right now, I don't think it looks good on you. Just let him go. He's just trying to fit in and say the right thing, just like he tried to do in Edmonton, and it's nothing more than that. I'm with you. You know what, David? Uh, and it's sacrilegious to say this when you're an Oilers broadcaster, you're host a show called Oilers Now. I hope both teams win the trade for their organizations, and I hope the Oilers and the Flames play in the playoffs, because it would be awesome. So. <laughs> that would be, and good luck to Milan Lucic, because yeah. I'm sure he He's, he's, no one wants to, he's just given it all to succeed, I'm sure. Which Oilers prospect gets the most traffic on your site? Where's the most interest for a, poten- mm-hmm. a potential ba- breakthrough moving forward? With the, And so we'll take Broberg out of the equation and Paul Yarvey for now out of the equation. And Paul Yarvey is no longer a prospect because he's played over, you know, 100 games in the NHL. But which uh, which of the guys, you know, Bouchard, Benson, uh, Marody, uh, Bear, Jones, Samarukov. Who, who gets the most traffic? The most traffic, weirdly, is Kirill Maximov. We did a series, Bob, on the like the top uh, really? thirty-five prospects, and the and the profile that had the most readership, and it wasn't close, was Kirill Maximov. And I don't know why that that was, but he's quite intriguing. I think because he's a one-shot goal scorer, um, a big, tough Russian hard-working kid who's got a hell of a shot and that had the most traffic i mean i i, I think the most the player that that uh, people are saying is most likely to make the oilers is tyler benson yeah and uh, you know that's obviously correct benson had an outstanding year as a rookie in the ahl i believe personally that he's ready for the nhl and i expect him to make the team all right david uh, let's do this again thanks for joining us here in oilers now thanks bob you bet that is david staples the Cult of Hockey blog, of course, the writer for the Edmonton Journal as well. It's 121 in Edmonton. We'll tell you, Oilers fans, you got a great chance to go on a terrific sports weekend trip. You can join Oilers now in New York City this October to see the Oilers play the Devils and the Rangers and an opportunity to see the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. This New York package, I think there's just a couple spots left, includes four nights at the Westin Hotel, lower bowl game tickets, plus a welcome reception with yours truly. You never know who's going to show up. We've had, we've had Oilers general managers before. We've had some really great guests over the years. Um, so check it out. Just a f- couple seats left on the Oilers Now Hockey and NFL Tour. Call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 124 at Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Again, coming up, uh, Terry Lowen, prominent uh, Red Deer personality uh, who is uh, going to be involved. Uh, in the Oilers have a couple events scheduled. Of course, they've got the game in Red Deer coming up, the rookie game against the Flames rookies uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Uh, but there's also a uh, luncheon to take place in Calgary, so Terry's going to tell us about that. It's going to include Ken Holland, Edmonton Oilers general manager. That's uh, noon on uh, Saturday in uh, Red Deer. Uh, we'll also have a one-on-one conversation with Tyler Benson. We'll get to this day in Oilers 
history as well. But off to some texts on our Heartland 4 text line from Sandy Beach. Hey, Bob, uh, people piling on Luch for his comments about having a veteran captain as if it's a dig on Connor. People are reading too much into it. What he's saying is in Edmonton, he was expected to be a leader. Obviously, Connor leads by example, but needed help as a kid. Now in Calgary, he doesn't have to uh, be that, so he can just concentrate on playing hockey and having fun. That's a fair statement in my eyes. I hope it works out for both players. That one comes to us um, from Sandy uh, Beach. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Blair says, Bob, uh, there's been talk recently. What are the odds of the Oilers taking a chance on Patrick Marlowe on a one-year deal to bring in some veteran leadership? Uh, well, they're now at 48 contracts. Again, have they? Have the orders officially pushed this out yet, by the way? Uh, I don't know if they have. Um, last time I checked on Twitter about 15 minutes ago, they've not. Uh, Riley Sheehan, Mark Spector reporting about an, about an hour and a half ago that Riley Sheehan was uh, uh, coming to Edmonton on a one-year deal, $900,000. Sheehan's contract would put Edmonton at 48 contracts, of course. Uh, Broberg and uh, goaltender... Um, uh, Rodrigue, Olivier Rodrigue are not going to be in the NHL or contracts will slide. They are signed so they're at 50. Paul Yarvey does not count. Now remember, if Paul Yarvey was theoretically traded during the season, the Oilers got back a prospect from an organization that was signed and playing in the American League, that contract would count on Edmonton's 50-man list. So the Oilers are at 48 right now. So my guess is and I don't 100% know on Patrick Marlowe, but I think with Shane coming here, that would logic would dictate that would lighten the probability that Edmonton would take a flyer on bringing in the guy, Patrick Marlowe. Brendan, I'm going to bring you in here. Like, they got lots of wingers. Like, I'm just sitting here. I just tried to do the lines. And left side, Dreisaitl, James Neal, even though I think ultimately ends up in right wing. But uh, Dreisaitl, let's say for the sake of argument, Neal, Nygaard, Kara, and Granlund. Those are all guys that can play left wing. McDavid, R&H, Haas, Sheehan, and Cave down the middle. And then Cassian, Chason, Gagne, Archibald, and Yurko. So that's 15 forwards. That doesn't include a guy like Tyler Benson coming in and making the team or Cooper Marodi making the team. So would you bring in Patrick Marlowe? I wouldn't, uh, unfortunately, because he's a guy that I've really advocated for being a tremendous asset to that Maple Leafs dressing room over the last couple seasons. I think he'd be a great fit. Unfortunately, on the ice, I don't see a great fit at all. Yeah, uh, you know, well, I guess time will tell, but I, I just look at the numbers now, the number game. At 48 contracts with um, uh, with the addition of Riley Sheehan. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. When uh, we come back out of Red Deer, Terry Lowen and uh, Tyler Benson, this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.